DJ Yoho. Welcome to Thundercast. Today on Thundercast, I will be speaking to Mr. Michael Black about the online classes here at Eastern Green High School. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, BJ. How about you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for coming on today. No problem. Okay, so you start out. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Wow. A lot of years to put, put in there real quick. Um, I joined uh, the United States Army right out of high school. Spent 20 years in there. Um, I learned Chinese. And for 12-plus years, I taught Chinese to American students. And then I retired came back here to Indiana, out of California, and uh, started working up here in around 99, 2000, somewhere around there. What drew you to teaching online classes specifically? Well, it was kind of a crazy way that this happened. Um, Mr. Lewis, the, the former principal, I was substituting one day, and he came up to me, and he says, I have another job for you if you want it. And he told me what it was, and I said, sure. And uh, at the time, we started with just one student, but that quickly grew. Online classes uh, are a little bit easier than standing in a classroom, I would think, a little bit. Uh, the preparation is a lot different. You don't have to have lesson plans because the lesson plans are already online. So it's pretty simple. That's pretty interesting. To tell you the truth, for almost four years, I feel like a lot of people has, who's not in your online classes have known you as the nice guy who always says hi, talking in the hallway. You're always the social one that likes to engage with everybody. And in the online classes, uh, that's obviously your known physician here. In your opinion, I know you've just said that you used to teach uh, Chinese. What do you think are the differences and similarities between teaching an in-person class than it is teaching an online class? Well, with these online classes, what a lot of people don't know is that there's instruction for each block that you have. And each block instructor is an actual instructor in that, whether it be science or math or whatever. And they actually give the instruction for you. So the students are sitting there watching and listening to somebody else give the information. And then they have a series of things to do. Mainly my job is to facilitate if they have any problems, get them started, get them finished. That's the big thing. Motivate them along the way because it can be boring sitting there listening to somebody else talk when you're watching on a video. So, yeah, my job is uh, a little bit easier and a little bit harder at the same time. How do you usually recruit students to take online classes opposed to in-person classes? I don't do that. They, they come to me from Miss Willie. She identifies them down there from uh, whatever she uses to do. Usually it's grades. Um, most of the students I have are, have already failed a semester. So this is an opportunity for them to garner back or earn back the credits that they've lost. Um, I have some students that uh, don't have, that have taken a class because it doesn't fit into their schedule, but they need it. So, uh, yeah, all, all, everybody that I get comes from Miss Willie. Do you like to think of yourself as a traditional teacher in a sense, or do you think like you're, since you're an online teacher, you're kind of like in your own like separate category when it comes to teaching roles? Well, with 
with the advent of the COVID, I mean, we've all had to adjust our teaching styles. Do I stand up there and, and give lectures? No. Do I help with stuff? Yes. So I kind of find myself in kind of a hybrid situation, whereas, you know, you have a, a, an English teacher, a history teacher, a government teacher. They have to plan out everything that they're going to do, and they have to walk through it step by step with what the Indiana State High School education uh, doctrine is. Not saying that what we do is not. It's just that I don't have to sit there and actually plan it out. It's already done for me. So if you were to show up, I would get you started, and then you would go through there, and if you had a problem, I would help you. The traditional role of teacher for me is not there. So it, it hasn't really been that big of a deal for me. Speaking of COVID, you brought up the coronavirus with all the restrictions that have been put in place. We have seen a lot of e-learning and having regular class through online courses. Do you think that because of COVID that online classes are starting to become a lot more popular and important? I've said this before to lots of people, students and teachers, that I think that the the day of brick-and-mortar schools, like coming into an actual facility like this, is on the way out. I think that we've had, since the advent of the computer back in the, uh, the desktop computer back in the late 80s, early 90s, it's been, it's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But it, it, with this COVID, it's proven, we've proven across the United States that we can do this. And I don't think that the days of coming to an actual school, riding a school bus and coming here, I think they're numbered, to tell you the truth. I figure in the next five to ten years, they won't, you'll sit at home, your, your student will sit at home and join a class just like we have been. That's my opinion. I can, I can definitely see where we could get that way because it seems that, and especially in today's day and age, a lot of things are done through technology. And I feel like thanks to e-learning, we were, everybody was introduced to almost kind of a more convenient way to go to school. We were going to school, interacting with our teachers and our classmates without even leaving the comfort of our own, own home. We could literally be listening to a lecture in math class on our couch. And so I feel like the days of coming to a physical school building are starting to become numbered because we're finding easier ways to go about things. The only drawdown that I see at this particular point, at this onset, is that it's new. The teachers struggled with getting the, the material to the students and that there were some students that just didn't do the work because they're not sitting in a physical classroom. That and the fact that you have parents that have to work so the student is left at home by themselves some students are not motivated to be at school at the right time, if you see what I'm saying. You know, if you have a, if you have a, a, a Google Meet at 8 o'clock, they may or may not make it, okay? And we've seen that across the board. So in its, in its infancy right now, e-learning has got a lot of bumps and hills and things to climb. And uh, it'll smooth out. It'll smooth out. But right now, it's just a bumpy ride. Definitely. And I kind of feel like, too, going back to how, um, how you mentioned that there were definitely, like, some huge problems with e-learning and attendance-wise, I feel like 
even though this generation has been largely exposed to technology such as cell phones or laptops, this generation in particular, I feel like we're still used to going into like a physical building, physical school and interacting with people in real life. I feel like as e-learning and as at-home learning continues to grow, I feel like the more generations that are introduced to school through e-learning, it's going to become a lot more easier. Yeah, I think um, the students that are in the elementary school level right now and those that are going to be entering school, preschool, kindergarten, that kind of stuff in the next few years, I think those are the generations that will actually profit by all the bumps and traverses and travails that we have right now. So, yeah, I think that uh, your generation right now is going through the bumpy ride. And with all of your experience, with the experience that you guys are doing, and we're learning more as teachers on how to refine stuff and how to get things going, the only thing that we don't have locked down right now is motivating the students. That's always been an issue and it always will be. But as the younger ones come along and they start doing this from a younger age, It'll be second nature to them, so it won't be that big of a deal. Yeah. They, it could be like one of those where they could say, oh, I'll just turn my camera off, and it'll, it'll seem like I'm there, but I could be off doing something completely different. So I agree with you on that. Motivating these students to show up would be like a huge challenge, I feel like, and no matter, really no matter what generation. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the main thrust of it right now. Uh, I mean, we can sit and make these uh, lesson plans as, as clear and as concise as we possibly can and make it as easy as we possibly can for students to learn, but if they don't show up, we can't make it do it. Once again, you mentioned that you used to teach Chinese. Yeah. Uh, was, was that here at Eastern or was that at another school? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, and the, the United States military has a, a language school out in Monterey, California. And you can think of it this way. Let's say you want to learn math. It would be eight hours of math a day, five days a week for a period of time. For Chinese, it was, right now, it's eight hours a day, five days a week for 63 weeks. Wow. And it's sink or swim. If you don't keep up, they cut you, and you just move on with the other ones. Uh, My last class out there, I started with 50 and graduated 23. And uh, unfortunately, um, I haven't been able to find employment out here whenever I go to interview with uh, other schools, and I have interviewed a few times, I'm up against um, native speakers. And, you know, I can say what I, I can say that I learned the language from an English point of view, and they're like, well, yeah, but we have a native, so they're going to learn better. Whatever, Whatever it is, I lose out on the jobs. You, in particular, you've gone, and as an American, you've learned it firsthand, so you, you know what it's like to be somebody who doesn't know that language, who does learn that language. So you could get down to their level and really know what they, what they need to do to learn it and make sure it sticks in their head. Yeah, the main thing I try to tell school boards when I interview is if you ask a native, how do I say X, Y, Z, they're just going to translate X, Y, Z. You ask me that question, and I will understand the nuances, what you're actually trying to say, and I will give you the answer. But they don't see it that way, so. I, I feel like everybody can really bring their own things to the table. And I feel like with you, with your experience and what, what you've been through, it would be a lot better for somebody like you who's learned that as well to be somewhere in that position. Well, it's their loss and Eastern's gain. Yeah. 
<laughs> hey, that much makes Eastern awesome. We have you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. You said that you don't. You don't stand up in front of your classes in front of the students that are in your class and lecture to them. No, I do not. Yeah, and uh, I know that with with that, it's a lot harder to get what what you specifically want the students to learn, not what whoever's on the computer wants them to learn, what you want them to learn. But with that in mind, what is one thing that you hope that the students in your online classes can get out of your class? Other than learning what they're supposed to be learning, I hope that they learn that perseverance and that hard work does pay off because you know so often you talk to a student and or a teenager period and you ask them what they want to do in life and they don't know and you know that's normal for you guys you know freshmen sophomores even some seniors and I understand that but they also have to understand that some skills that they're going to learn here at the school maybe it may be mundane now it may not make much sense to them, but it will come back to help them later on in life. And you can't impart that enough to the students because a lot of them just, you know, I'm an adult, so it goes in one ear and out the other. But that's the one thing I want them to understand is that everything that they do is a building block for later in life. I feel like even though even though you can't, like, get in front of the class and teach them this, the fact that they're in the online class and the fact that we have online classes such as the ones that you teach, I feel like in a way it kind of makes that a little bit easier for them to know because in an online class, they're in there because of like grade situation or something like that. It kind of helps remind them that, hey, what I do really matters and what I do can have consequences. If I work really hard, if I try my best, even if I fail or not, it's going to have a good outcome. But if I don't try and I don't try, at least try and do what needs to be done, then nothing good can come out of it. Not even anything bad will come out of it. That's what sucks. Nothing comes out of it. And I feel like, especially for the students in online class, it can become a little easier for a light bulb to turn on in their mind to remind them of that. Every teacher that stands in front of a class or every everybody that does that always wants that light bulb moment or the aha moment when you look in the eyes of the student and you know they got it. And sometimes it takes a little while and sometimes it's just snapping. It's right there. But every teacher wants to see that and they want to, and they make, it's not so much that it makes them feel good that they've learned, that they taught something. It makes them feel good that what they taught the student got. So that's, that's the trade-off, you know, for 25 students in a classroom, you get 25 light bulbs turning on at one time. That's, that's a great feeling. But it's also on the other side when you got 25 light bulbs that don't like because for some reason they don't understand what you're saying. Was Eastern Green, like coming to Eastern Green to teach like online classes or teach in general, was Eastern Green your first school post-retirement from the original school you were at or what were you doing in between that time? Oh, let's see. I had a lot of jobs. In between that time when I retired, I worked over at Crane for a year and didn't like it, so I quit. And uh, then I started uh, over in um, Bloomington, and I was uh, managing two hotels at the same time. And, uh, well, not, yeah, two hotels. And then when they decided to go a different way, I was doing two management properties at the same time. 
And when the owners changed, they brought in other people, so I was let go. So I was kind of at loose ends find, trying to find something. And I thought, well, I can come up here to Easter and, and be a substitute teacher, work when I want, not work when I wanted, and it worked out. How you talk, you seem to have, like, so, much, so many things have happened <laughs> in your life. Like, you've gone in the military, you've learned Chinese, and you're teaching it to the next generation. And you're coming around, you're at Crane, you've managed two hotels, how uh, you said, and now you're here at Eastern. Your, your life seems really eventful. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it was uh, luck or just sheer um, coincidence that I bumped into that. And uh, it worked out okay for as long as it worked out. And now I've been up here for quite a while, and I'm, I enjoy being around the students. So, yeah, it's a win-win situation for me. Yeah. What's your favorite part uh being in a school with students, not just like teaching online classes or anything like what's your favorite part of it in general that makes you go home every day saying, I really did this? It's just being up here and being able to talk to the students. It doesn't matter what it's about. You know, you can talk about the basketball game. You can talk about, you know, why their shoe was untied. It doesn't matter. Just being able to reach out and talk to the students and, and see how they're doing. You know, if they're, hopefully I can make their day a little bit better. You know, somebody may be down in the dumps. Maybe I can make them laugh a little bit. That's what makes my day. I feel like there's a lot of people with this attitude that uh, school sucks and, like, school's boring. <laughs> like, they, some people come because they feel like they have to. Some people come because they don't really want to, but they got to because the parents say so or the government says so. There's some people who really dread to come because they might face issues here such as bullying or something like that. And there might be in some situations where they just want to come to school to, like, get out of whatever they're living through. And I feel like with uh, your attitude, like how you want to be with these students, I feel like it really helps with a, a, a lot of what students are going through, and it kind of changes their perspective of what school is supposed to be. Well, I thank you for that. Uh... The part of being having angst about coming to school is not something new. It's it's been since I was in school years and years ago, so it's not something that's new. But um, I think now there's a lot more distractions. The cell phone most definitely is the biggest distraction. It's like people don't know how to unplug. But you know that's something, that, and your generation is also better at managing two and three things at a time than my generation ever would have been. So you know I take that into account. And uh, hopefully the students are learning stuff. I, I really think that whether, whether it has something to do with math, science, history, English, no matter what it is, I feel like the students are definitely going home with something. And I feel like it's knowing that there is somebody here that really does care. And I feel like that's you. I, feel I appreciate like that. Really that. Thank you. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say? If there's like any students who might be listening to this right now who – are uh, hearing you speak right now, is there anything that you would like to say? Hopefully I won't see a lot of them, but I think I will probably be seeing a few. If you're in my class, come on down. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I really hope that you had fun doing this, and I thank you so much again for doing this. Well, I thank you for having me. And thank you all for joining me today. This has been BJ Yoho, and this has been Thundercast.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast at egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.